A word from our sponsor, Von Seger Designs is a small Nebraska custom woodworking business making hand-burned customized wood pieces to be a statement in any room. Working with clients every step of the way, from hand-selecting the wood to customizing the design Von Segrin Designs, makes the process as smooth as possible. Specializing in items from themed bar carts and tables to cutting boards and signs so that you can show your team pride all year round. Show your Husker support in a unique and functional way. When you work with Von Segrin Designs, you support small businesses throughout the region. Allow Von Segrin Design to create a custom, fresh, hand-burned piece wood for your home or business. You can link up with them at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-D-N-E-S-I-1 and at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-N underscore designs. So check them out on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram as well. Uh, go Big Red, and uh, let's start the podcast. to throw down toward the goal line going up ball tipped in the yes. touchdown Gordon Westerkamp Nebraska wins the game on the final play of the contest oh baby far side back to throw is Martinez not being chased throws it out a flat Burkhead makes a catch sets a tackle 25-20 Rex Burkhead touchdown Nebraska Starting with our COO and our creative director, Richard Fitzwell. Welcome to the Church of the Corn. My name is Richard Fitzwell. You can follow me on Twitter at corn underscore Huskers for nothing insightful, nothing that's probably accurate. Uh, A lot of retweets from a pretty good circle of other Husker fanatics and just bleeding big red. A lot of shit posting there from the Richard Fitzwell account. I am your CFO and your marketing coordinator, Drake. You can follow me at Drake before Degrassi for a lot more shit posting. Also, to my right, the man, the brains behind the operations, your poor man's macho man slash not poor man's Matt Davison, our CEO, the brains behind the operation. And your chief outreach officer, Zach. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, Official University of Nebraska Uber driver, also at N-E-B-H-Y-P-E-M-A-N, Nebraska Hype Man. Uh, That's where you can find me at on there for just random shit. So uh, appreciate you guys all joining us, and uh, let's get after it, guys. Thank you for joining us tonight. It's a beautiful Sunday here in Nebraska. Uh, I got Zach with me. Zach, how are you today? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, how about yourself? Doing 
well. I'm doing well. Fitz, how are you? Good evening. I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Perfect. And then we have a great guest tonight. Uh, the only person I know who's as excited as I am about what just happened. We're recording March 6th. Nebraska just upset number 10 Wisconsin at home. They ruined Brad Davison or Davidson. I don't know. His senior day, which is might be the best part of the game. Uh, but let's introduce our guest, Jack Mitchell. How are you today? Uh, I you guys could not you guys could not have picked a time like in the last five years that is more opportune to talk to me about Husker sports when I'm in a good mood. And, I mean, the timing, it's I, I feel like it's divine providence here at this point. I was supposed to be here with y'all at this moment, and I am thrilled to be it. Thanks so much for having me. Let's go. Jack, I, I'm glad you said that because I was going to bring this up. This is definitely divine intervention here because no doubt. when I floated the idea to these two about bringing you on to talk about the state of Nebraska basketball, the original goal was to have you on after the Big Ten tournament, and somehow we made a scheduling error and had you on today. We realized it last week, and we were like, oh, shit, whatever, we'll just keep going. Well, and just adding to the fact that when we were going to talk after the Big Ten tournament, it was going to be in the process of probably looking for a new coach, figuring out how fast some of those players were going to get out of town. And now here we are on May on March 6th, and it's three wins in a row, two over top 10 teams. Hasn't been this three threes and the three in a row in that regard hasn't been done in 50 years. I mean, it just it's as Zach said earlier, we might. I mean, look at the timing of when our podcast started. Look at we what we've been doing and the run and, and everything that's been going on. So I don't want to take credit for it, but we are taking credit for it. So no, there's a lot of people saying it's all you guys. I, I see it all over in the coffee houses in Lincoln, uh, the local co-op. There's a lot of people talking about what you guys did here to make this happen. And so I guess I'm here to thank you as much as anything here at this point. But no, you could not have had better timing like legit five in five years ish six years i don't know other than no sit sunday and maybe like the foster farms bowl there aren't too many nights when you could have caught me like this so i am i'm excited i want to keep talking i want to stay up and have people to talk to you so i'm thrilled for uh to, to be on here tonight this is what i wanted to do you do you kind of right. feel do you feel like you have become, and I know every, it just really depends on who you follow and who's following whom, but do you kind of feel like you've become this voice of despair yet <laughs> pro uh, optimism slash the world is going to be burned tomorrow, but Hey, we've still got a chance as long as we can suit up and play on Twitter. I mean, you kind of, it's just between the officials, the, the Rancy go on there, which is just amazing. And we can dive into that too. I mean, do you, do you, do you feel like you're holding up that mantle? Are you, are you okay with that? Like, yes, yes. Because here's the thing. Okay. So I'm technically a media member, I suppose, <laughs> but, <Uh-oh. laughs> but I do a, like, for those who don't know, I do a morning news talk, air quotes, radio show in Lincoln. Uh, I've been doing that for 15, 16 years. But the thing about it is, as opposed to most of the other media, whether even whether it be sports radio, whether it be beat writers, I am a news talk host, not a sports host. I'm a news talk host on the hometown affiliate of Nebraska sports for football 
and baseball and basketball. I absolutely am. It is okay, and I'm almost expected to be a cheerleader, which is great because that's what I am. I'm not neutral. I am not a neutral media member. I grew up here. I was a diehard as a kid. Um, I, I've continued to be that that going forward. But because I'm a media member, I have, you know, a following. But I think people have, like, sort of glommed onto it because I still... I still ingest the games. I react to the games like normal crazy ass fans do. Right. Like the, and so I do that. And so I think people are surprised by that. And I'm, you know, I'm over the top. I'm very emotional, but there's a lot of fans that are like that too. And so um, if that's true, if I become that, that voice, that is, that is that, that wallows in the lows and overly celebrates the highs that's fine. That's that's who I am. I'm not there's like there's a little bit of a shtick there, but not much. I mean, if anybody who's ever watched a game with me, you absolutely know that's what it is. And I like bonding with people who are like that. And I've I've gotten the opportunity to do that because of this. Well, I think that's that's just how the, I think our podcast essentially kind of came about was, you know, you, you start seeing similarities in, in what you're saying and, and, and following and, and all those sorts of things on social media in 2022. And it, and it was, it was born, born out of that. And it's, it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's, I, I don't think anybody's going to blame anyone now for, you know, carrying yourself that way and being overly optimistic. Why would you not want to? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, there's no doubt. And, and listen, there's, there, there's a part of it that, you know, is, uh, as part of real life, whether it's my job or whether it's anything like social media is it's a crappy place to be. Everybody's angry and mad. And then I get into this mode and it's like everybody, everybody's on the same page as I am. All these people are on the same page as I am. And it's like it's sort of like reassuring about <laughs> about the world and about social media. So, yeah, still I good people but, left. What did you say? There's still good people left. Yeah, there's people. I mean, there's a lot of there are a lot of people, I think, who are exactly like me, who I think probably enjoy having someone that, again, uh, that just has somewhat of a reach that has somewhat of a, uh, a a voice because of, you know, where I where I, what I've the benefit I've got from being in the media. That sounds like them. So I embrace doing that. Yeah, definitely. Hey, Jack, I got a couple of questions. I mean, you, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to bounce back between the game, the state of Nebraska basketball, and then, you know, the program as a whole. But I want to start with today's game. You were you were right in the first half. You, you were tweeting out your cackles. It was great. But my question is, and this is going to lead into another point that I have about the Big Ten as a whole. Have you ever seen a four-minute stretch where officials can totally turn swing the game the way they did in that second half? And at what point in the second half after that four minutes did you think, hey, we still have a shot? Because two weeks ago, we lose that game by 20. Uh, Any time in the last, what, seven years, we lose that game by 20? No, I, I honestly, I, I, I know I am known for hyperbole, which makes it very difficult for me to ever make an honest point that sounds like hyperbole. And I'm I, I, and I'm known for getting over the top about officials. I don't remember a 
a Nebraska football game, a Nebraska basketball game, any other sporting event I care deeply about where I have thought that the officials were manipulating the game like that. I mean, it sounds like a freaking conspiracy theorist. It sounds so weird to say, but to start getting players off the floor one by one, in addition to all the bad calls, in addition to reversing a freaking charge call outside of the protected area where the guy comes over and does it. I have never, I haven't. And, and the fact that they overcame that is mind boggling because they don't even need bad officiating usually to, to fall apart at the end of the whole. No, thing. they so don't. I don't, I don't. And I'd be curious, you know, a lot more about basketball than I do, but I'd be, I'd be curious what you think about the whole thing. But, you know, the, the tech on verge, just the calls throughout the course of the game. And there's something about Wisconsin, guys. Let's be honest. There is something about Wisconsin, and I'm talking football and basketball, where I don't know what it is, but the amount of deference that Big Ten officials give Wisconsin in every sport, because I don't know why. I don't know if it's because they're sort of like the prototype you know, big, big 10 team, you know, the, the Midwest, they run, they got a great offensive line is a bunch of white guys. I don't know what it is, but they, they always, they always seem to get that. And so you combine those. I, I don't know that I remember seeing anything like that. And when I said, you know, when I said, I'm sure I tweeted in all caps, the fix is in at some point, like I legitimately started to think, there is there is something weird going on here oh absolutely and i'll be i'll be honest i can't pinpoint a point in that second half where i thought that we flipped the switch and we were coming back because i was busy tweeting about the refs just like you were and all of a sudden it went from 10 to 4 then then 3 i'm like i i was blown away so from it was okay so about 10 minutes left in the second half verge comes back in and if you're trying to find, and I don't have the answer to this, what in the heck happened in the last three games? The easiest thing, the, the most clear thing I can tell you is that Alonzo Verge has become a different player. I, I mean, he looks like a point guard now. That's the difference. Yeah, he's he, a point looks guard. Like, he, he looks like a point guard now. He's making good decisions. He's making his jump shots, which helps a lot. But yeah, there, there's just all of those things. But when they got to the point where they're getting him back in, but he has four fouls with 10 minutes left when they bring him in. And so I'm f- just freaked out that he's going to foul out the entire time. But when they they chip back and they chip back and they chip back, it was probably till they got it, honestly, to be uh, a one-possession game before I thought it was even possible at all. And Verge figured out. They went into that zone, which I think is part of the reason. I think they were trying to minimize the foul risk for Verge and some of the other players out there. So whenever that was, I don't remember the first time they got it to be a one-possession game, but that was when I said, okay, I can start allowing myself to believe again. Yeah, that it was crazy. And the amount of missed bunnies by Wisconsin bigs. I mean, they're big, unguarded layups. Here's the thing about their big. I mean, their bigs are they're they're big, but it was they're not they are not able to create their own their own really near the hoop scoring opportunities like a lot of the bigs in that Nebraska will face during the course yeah. of the year. And that was really clear. I thought throughout the course of the, of the game sure they'll hit the ju- occasional jumper outside and that sort of thing but um yeah and 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 just it, it, you know Wisconsin with some of the shot selection looked like Nebraska earlier in the year at the end of the game yeah 
I do feel like I took a page out of uh, Jack Mitchell's uh, playbook with Twitter earlier by losing my shit on the refs for probably a good hour, hour and a half. So I want to thank you for being the uh, inspiration there. Everyone Um, was doing it. I'm no trailblazer. (laughs) You're 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 military. You're first responders. Those are your heroes. But that was an amazing that was uh i mean everybody was doing it so you're in good company zach shit we had iowa fans tweeting yes. right and left too you you know the refs are wrong when iowa fans are like "Ooh, that was that was a bad call i think that was a little tic tacky, don't you think or what technical oh god i think the technical so- on verge might have been the worst one this is what we're talking about you guys i'm sorry to interrupt the best player was nebraska's best player was out of the game Nebraska's third best player was kicked out of the game. Nebraska's second best player was quasi kicked out of the game for most of the game because of that technical foul. And the refs gave them nothing for the entire game. They're shorthanded as all get out. Every call is going against them and they beat the number 10 team on the road. It's stranger than fiction to even like tell that story after it's over. You couldn't. you couldn't make a Disney movie about this one. You couldn't. They'd be like, no, unrealistic. <laughs> that, that team so, would not. That's the the Mighty Ducks would never have won that game. Yeah. Well, Jack, I want to I want to talk about the Trey McGowan's getting tossed, right? Um, because I I brought this up, and you know, heat of the moment. Yes, if I if I look back and they blow the whistle at the right time, do I get pissed off that they blow the whistle immediately when the feet get tangled and start uh, Davis's stumbling? But if you blow that whistle, the play at the rim never happens. McGowan doesn't have to back off. It's And that's my problem with the Big Ten is officials literally wait to see outcomes. There were foul shots today where they were waiting to see outcomes. Um, I can think of two inside the lane for Wisconsin where the ball bounced off the rim and then the whistle came. Yeah. What, what is the problem with the Big Ten when it comes to officiating? Why are they so bad? Especially it's, since they're contractors and they go do other conferences. It yeah, that's a good point. It, it's interesting you say that. You know what that made me think of is, you know, like in the NFL when sometimes they're encouraged now, if there's a questionable fumble, not to blow the whistle and let the let the let it play out in college football too, and and you can review after the fact, but you don't want to kill the live play. But that's that's not really a reason to do that in basketball. Um, mm-hmm. uh, w- with this whole thing, uh, the McGowan's play. I mean, the the McGowan's play. I still don't know what I think about the McGowan's play. I no matter what, I don't think it should have been a flagrant too. Um, because what lo- what looked like to happen to me is he was going up for the block, realized that du- he didn't have it in the hand he thought he did, and so he pulls back because I'm trying to think the right side. He had it in his left hand, and he's like, "Okay, I'm not blocking it there. I'm not going to foul him." brings it down like this which you know looks like he's elbowing him but then that that caught his face i don't know i i guess i could entertain a flagrant one um on that whole thing but yeah you're right i mean call something well number one number one the dude tripped over his own feet it looked like it looked like mcgowan's did it number two he traveled at half court at half court number two he traveled when he did that with the whole thing so you could have made the right call and none of that whole thing had to happen um, mm-hmm. but nonetheless, I do. I mean, it's a good point, you know, about them being contractors and maybe my crazy conspiracy theories about Wisconsin getting the benefit of calls just repeatedly. Maybe it's just 
ingrained when you get there and you see those all those, you know, big, hearty white guys playing basketball. You just say, I can't help but give them calls without the court throughout the course of the game. I don't know the answer. To, I think you, you ask a good question. Um, I don't know the answer to to why that seems to happen that way. But the the conference officiating, I don't watch enough enough of another conf- of uh, any other conferences to know honestly if it's like that everywhere else. But it's it's been bad this year. If you if you kind of sh- if you look around a little bit, most of the conferences are very unhappy with the state of officiating in, in college basketball. And, you know, the women's game has gotten a lot of attention around here, especially, but it's, you know, it's been, you know, you go back to UConn and Baylor and those women's teams, but I think there's been more outrage. There's been more um, banter about the officiating in the women's game as well. I mean, just look today and it was during the the men's game, but you can on, on Twitter. And there was, there was video clips of uh, Caitlin, uh, you know, doing a dance with the ball. One of those, I mean, one of those was he, so bad. And it was like, like eight yeah. steps. Yes. Let me let me position my feet, but I want to hold off on my dribble just in case I need it. There we go. Now I'm good. It, you, you just look at those things. And, and when it's happening with the person with the ball in their hand, how are the refs missing that? How are they? So do you, you know, is it the benefit of the doubt? Because she's the, the player of the year. She's, a, you know, she's the, she's the, uh, you know, the player of the big 10, she's that player or, you know, that, that sort of thing. And I wonder, you know, kind of getting away from that a little bit, but you talk about Wisconsin and football and and basketball and stuff and and everything. Is there any weight to that? Barry Alvarez's influence over the years has, has led to some of that. Do you wonder if, you know, he's, he's been in the air, of the conference for a number of years. He's kind of, he was the, you know, but he's not, he, he didn't have the power that, that um, Gene had in, um, I can't think of the last name, but Ohio state as far as, but Gene Smith. As, yeah. But as far as just little things like that, it seems like Alvarez's name came up with, you know, a, B and C. I don't know. It's crazy. It's conspiracy again, but you know, it's gotta be something. Well, I mean, it, it was like uh, uh, Drake was saying, it, 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 I mean, these guys are, you know, they'll go all over conferences. So like, it's hard to imagine them being that invested in the history and, you know, the Barry Alvarez relationship with the big 10. But I do think there's probably something to just sort of prestige and success in a conference and the established teams in, in the conference that whether it's intentional, whether it's subconscious, I think that probably plays in in into some of it. So, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't have a much better explanation than that. And that could probably that could be applied to Iowa too. I mean, Caitlin Clark, you see her, you're reffing, you're out there, you're like, oh my gosh, she can't miss. She looks like Steph Curry. There can't be, you know, there can't be much she's doing wrong. Um, so uh, perhaps, but like, I, I just, I see what you're saying, but I just don't know how that would trickle down to without it being an insane conspiracy theory, how that actually trickles down to refs. So it's weird too, Jack. Um, I believe every conference, at least for men's basketball, uh, they have like their own head of officials who kind of directs their contracted officials that they bring in. That's kind of my understanding. And this is my problem with the Big Ten as a whole is I don't think the Big Ten in terms of men's basketball is going to see a dominant run like an ACC, a Big East, a Big 12, where they're going to have 
multiple teams in the final four regularly because of the way that we encourage the style of play. My biggest problem with that is I actually think Fred's style of wide open run and gun will flow better in a March Madness situation, which is why the Big Ten teams struggle is they're A, beat down, and B, they are always in foul trouble because they're used to playing 20 to 25 games of beating the shit out of each other. Mm -hmm. At what point does the Big Ten come in and say, hey, we got to have some more freedom of movement? Um, Obviously, everybody wants the bigs that Purdue, Wisconsin, Iowa, those guys get, but those guys aren't making runs to the Final Four because they can't play in the March Madness style. I don't know. It makes sense. I mean, what you're saying makes sense, but there's such romanticism in this conference, you guys, about about big, physical, Midwestern, corn-eaten, you know, all of that stuff that I think they value. I think that I think the schools, I think the conference, I think they all value that so much. And and to some degree, if you, I mean, going to football, may, I, don't, I don't know what you guys think, but going to football, I think Nebraska has been kind of trying to be the outlier on that sort of stuff, and it hasn't worked very well. But but I don't think I think they embrace that persona so much of the conference for the conference and the exceptionalism, Big Ten exceptionalism that goes on the Rose Bowl, right? The Rose Bowl is as valuable as the national championship and that sort of thing that. I think that is the counter argument that they've got. I mean, I don't think it's right, but I think that's probably the counter argument to it. They they love the idea. They love the idea of Kofi. Co- I'm watching Kofi Coburn right now. He looks like freaking Shaq out there. It's unbelievable. Or, you know, Wisconsin with a, all these all these bigs that are sort of shooters and and Luca Garza and 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 all of these guys that do not really comport with the style of play that you're talking about so i think that's one of that that i don't know if that's the thing holding it back but i think that plays into it yeah and i think that's part of nebraska's problem too is you know in basketball they're trying to blend it where you know fred wants to do what he did at iowa state where it works on a national level but until you are able to compete in the big 10 you are going to get penalized subconsciously by officials because Theoretically, they should not be able to bang inside the same way Iowa, Illinois, and those guys can. So they will continually get penalized to a degree. Um, and I don't think there's an official out there that will tell you different. Yeah. No, I think that's right. I think that's right. Well, you know, speaking of the greatest basketball team of all time, the Nebraska Cornhuskers, and they're retaining their great coach, Fred Hoiberg, what's your thoughts on that, Jack? I mean, honestly, we all probably thought he was gone going into yeah. – I mean, shit, even a week ago. Um, and then they started the greatest run to get to 500 in NCAA basketball history that we've ever seen. You know, even with going through the Big Ten tournament, which they got to win because they're the hottest team right now. And, you know, once they get to the tournament, they're going to win that. So, I mean, we'll get to 500 by the end of the year. Plus the national title, yeah, which of course. Is also a nice feather in the cap <laughs> as well. Like I, I mean, be, I'm gonna be honest. I'm curious what you guys think, but I was the, the, the Nebraska the the Fred Hoiberg job. Does he keep it? Does he? Does he not? Like that discussion. Let me back up a bit. This fan base, especially in football, but even with basketball, in Tim Miles, this fan base generally absolutely gloms on to 
coaching discussions about should you fire him, should you keep him. I mean, I even go back to, you know, the Miles situation when it wasn't as bad as the last few years have been with Hoiberg. Every time I tweet anything about a game, anything go up, there were fire Miles, fire Miles, fire Miles, right? Scott Frost, fire Frost, fire Riley, fire Riley, all of those things. It's like that wasn't really ever there for the most part for Hoiberg. Like those people, like the the people out for blood for Hoiberg, like weren't there, which is so abnormal for this fan base. And I don't quite know what the discuss, what the reason for that was. I can, you know, I think I think part of it is some had given up hope and didn't care all that much anymore. But I, I mean, I got to the point where, you know, a month ago, you look at the record it's so objectively horrendous so object and you you look at it from a fan's perspective and i want something when it comes to october of next year i want something that says yeah i got a little bit of hope and excitement for the next year and the only way i could have seen that a month ago was to make a change find a new co you know get somebody new coming in where you don't know exactly You've got something to look forward to. And I just didn't see that with Hoiberg a month ago. Um, I don't know what I, 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 so I was, yeah, I leaned slightly. I wouldn't, I wasn't out for blood, but I leaned making the, making the change. Things had just been so bad. I don't know how anybody couldn't to some degree, right? With the, I mean, just the obnoxiously bad record that had happened. Um, oh, yeah, Jack, you're right. I got attacked on Twitter in February of 21 when I said, Fred C better be getting warm. I, yeah. That's all I said. And I was destroyed by, you know, local media members, fans saying there's there's no way it's going to stay this way. And then, you know, two weeks ago, here we are right here. Yeah. Um, well, not right here, because obviously now we're enjoying it. Uh, but you you know what I'm saying? It just. The Absolutely. seat should have been warm. Um, I don't think anybody foresaw for where we're at. I personally was a don't fire Miles guy. I thought he had actually finally stabilized the program. But on the same token, I was very outspoken. If you fire Tim, it has to be Fred. I, I mean, that's where I was. Just like everybody was, you have to fire Frost. I was, it has to be Fred. I was, I was with you on both of those. Yeah. I, I, I was with you on both of those. And so. Uh, it's just, it is so, it's such an interesting case study to me, the lack of passion about, for the most part though, about what happens with Fred. Like, I don't know if you guys noticed that, but did you, like, you bring it up to somebody and most people are like, meh, you know, probably fire him, probably keep him. But like you, if you would have brought Scott Frost up in that same discussion in October, or even Tim Miles in the middle of that last season in 18, everybody's got a white hot opinion. Like, what yeah. is the what, is it, O'Reilly or go through basketball or football coaches in the past? I don't know what it is that nobody's got a strong opinion on. It, on, well, on it, isn't it a byproduct, though, of sorry, Drake, isn't it sorry, a byproduct, though, of just the state of the program as a whole? That yeah. if you don't care about the program, then you don't care if they if they keep them or, or let them go. And that's that's a, a bad place to be in. And we've been there. We, we've never gotten there with football so disenchanted as a whole, but men's basketball has been there for a while. And then you become the punching bag. I mean, we, we dealt with this, and we're going to see it again come, the, come March Madness. 
hey, which team hasn't won a big or a, a tournament game in the history of the, you know, we're just going to see that over and over and over. And so it's like, if I don't care what the program's doing, I don't care if they keep or fire this, this coach, um, you know, you, you get there, but we've, you, we've seen it, you know, something, you know, I, the, the excitement level, and you, you mentioned it earlier, that is this, this little three game stretch, the big 10 tournament, however that works, it, it keeps us hanging on and it's going to get us at least pull us and keep us interested in next year. Um, and I, I have to go back and I know there've been seasons and I'm, I'm older than, than these guys. So I, I can go back to the 96, 97 season and, you know, they, they, they play Texas in overtime early in the season and lose, but then they come back and they beat Texas handily in overtime later on. They, they play Kansas to overtime. They, they're up and down, but they go on these stretches and I, I think that was – they ended up playing – is that the same season they played UConn in, in the NIT um, and lost? But just the overall excitement because they were, they, were, they were competing in some games, just like we've seen this year. If they, you know, you, you all – I know I'm all over the place here, but you wonder, does, does that NC State overtime loss what, – what happens? What, what is the butterfly effect if that game – is won by the Huskers. What's the butterfly effect if they hold on and they win Ohio state a month ago, you know, those types of things. So I, I guess you look at what the coach is doing. Can, can I, can I peel back the layers and say, okay, this is the team that is actually there versus nope, it's, it's a one-off. These games are a fluke. But if you go back to NC state, you go back to some of those games. I think this is the team that was actually there and I can buy into that. And maybe this is the guy that can pull it out of him. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, hopefully that's the case. Hopefully that was, I mean, you go back, there were times that NC state, that was one of the last times during that game and the Ohio state game to some degree in Lincoln, where it looked like you saw the good parts, like you saw the things that you needed to see. I, the one other thing I'll throw in too about um, you mentioned just a lack of interest in, and I think that's there some level of apathy in the program, but the other thing is the, you know, it's kind of the Scott Frost effect too. This what you when you hired Fred Hoiberg, he was so much of a, oh my God, we got Fred Hoiberg. Can you believe this? It's like the custom made perfect fit that it's hard. I mean, and there were people who wanted to fire Frost, but let's be honest, the, the majority of people didn't. They, the, the, I think the majority of people didn't in most cases. And I think there are some people who just didn't want to disconnect from that idea of, You've got the exact right right person at the exact right time. And even though it sucked for three years, not ready to give up on that dream. I think that's probably a part of it, too. Well, yeah. speaking hey. of – go ahead, Drake. Sorry. I was just going to say quick update. Uh, Northwestern won, which knocks us into the 13th seed. Uh, we'll play Ooh. Northwestern on Wednesday at 5. How do you feel about that one, Jack? Um, I'd rather see a team in Northwestern that – then it, that we had what the worst performance of the year against uh then one of these teams that we've knocked off you know i think they could have faced penn state too uh yeah. who's going to be highly motivated by that whole thing i'd i'd probably prefer now i don't like it as much because my son has his basketball banquet early that night and i was hoping they'd get the late game so i'm gonna have to figure that whole thing out but uh no other than that i'm, I'm curious what the rest of the bracket will look like but yeah, Northwestern in the first round. They've been playing well, and I think they won pretty big tonight, didn't they? But they ended up winning by thirteen. They opened the game on a twenty-nine to nine run. Yeah, I saw they were up by twenty at halftime. 
Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd much rather have a team that you still have a bad taste in your mouth about the first, you know, the first time you met than seeing a team and the second time. Yeah. Yeah. The, the second time around. No, I agree. Um, kind of going to the apathy part of the fan base. Sorry for, you know, segue into the bracket. I think as we talk about the apathy of the fan base, this is a really interesting dynamic that has kind of struck me over the, the Fred tenure. Remember when we fired Doc and everybody was so excited to get rid of Doc, but how excited was the fan base to have him back on the staff as an assistant? <laughs> In what world does that make sense? That would have been like bringing back Bill Callahan to coach our offensive line or both Pelini to coach the defense again. You're, I, there, there is, there is something about, and, and this is me too. And this is me with Miles, but Doc to some degree too. If there are there's those coaches out there that embrace the program and give you a few moments, give you some moments of happiness, not as many as you would like, but it's almost like this 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 thing that is Nebraska ball is such a community of kind of understanding one another and having gone through this whole thing that anybody that's been a part of it and has been committed to it and put their emotions into it, I think you feel some natural sympathy for and and kinship with. And, I, I mean, that's the best I can I can explain it. Um, and, he, and, you know, Doc is just so goofy, looking like he's disheveled, drinking the Diet Mountain Dew constantly. Uh, yeah, I also you know. don't think Doc was rearing out the same way he was most other Head coaches get no. ran out. He had a press conference and he went up there and he, you know, got really emotional about it. Like it was hard. Yeah. It was hard to take joy. It was really hard with Doc, with when Doc was gone, even if he thought it should happen, to take joy. And I remember my my son, um, who's seventeen now, but whatever he would have been then. I don't know what year that was in, but he that was the coach that he knew at Nebraska. And I remember how devastated he was for whatever reason that that Doc was gone at that point. Um, because, because there was something about, about him that he liked. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, we, there, the, again, there's, I think there's just a level of, of kinship and, and even if, even if it doesn't work out, I don't know. I, I, I don't remember. Maybe you guys remember better than I do, but I don't remember exactly like there was that much bloodlust for, for doc to be gone at that point, even though I think people kind of thought it was time. But it wasn't like, no, people were just, I feel like just the fact that there was no offense, you know, and so they weren't putting, they weren't necessarily putting that on, on doc. They liked the defense. They liked the fire, but it was like, oh, we just don't have anybody that can shoot. It was an easy way to, to, to take that off of his shoulders. Yeah. I mean, they didn't have the white hot opinions, like you said, with miles and stuff. I was, I was just going to say. You know, and what you're saying that what you were you're just saying there fits. It's but it, it's almost kind of like Fred Hoiberg to some degree, if if you think about it. It's, it's like no, I don't hate him. I I like him. I want to like him. I'll do everything I can to like him. But something isn't right here, and 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 and, and some it there's a lot of parallels there actually. Yeah, I think I texted these guys earlier today and said, you know, I don't. 
I don't have to have you win every game that I watch you play, but I want you to get your ass out there and fucking compete. I mean, that's yeah. that's what I want to see every game. If you can give me that, I, I'll I can take losing games, but I can't take a team quitting. Yeah, and that was you know it was it was weird, Zach. You say that this year I had at some point when everything went to the toilet, and and I've been going to Nebraska basketball games since 1986. Um, but I had less of an emotional sort of connection with the team, the individual players and all of that. And that played into it. It felt like they felt like mercenaries at a lot of times during the course of this year. Um, not very good ones, not very good mercenaries. They felt like people I have not seen for the first time until this year. They hadn't put in a whole lot of time with this thing. It felt like they didn't care. It felt like they weren't giving us little moment. I mean, I have found I found connections with the Siobhan Shields, Ty Webster years. I mean, you can you can go through te- a whole bunch of teams that weren't very good. But, man, you freaking loved them. You loved the personalities. You loved things about them. And that just wasn't here for so much of this year. And that goes to a big part of what you were talking about, Zach. It's like there was a part of you that wondered, like, do they even care? Like, is 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 Bryce getting this year in going to the NBA? Do you have? Verge, who is obviously going to be gone after after this whole year, you have all these transfers who are coming in who are going to transfer out after this year, and 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 it showed on the court. That's what it that's what it kind of looked like, and that made it really hard to get just emotionally. So I got to a point this year for the first time that I can remember as a fan, where I said, "Okay, uh, there's a game tonight. Yeah, if I have nothing going on, I'll watch it. I'll listen to it. Whatever." But if I have something else going on, one of my kids has a game or, a you know, a dance practice or something, I'm not going to try and figure out how to watch it or pay attention to it, which that's not was not my normal status for the last whatever, 35 years. Well, and I think that goes back to I think that started happening with some fans in the fall with football as well. And you've 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 embraced, unfortunately, the uh, the groin kick season with the uh, the, the different gifts. And, and, and things like that, based on the amount of transfers, and we just talk about how it wasn't working for basketball, do you, do you see us moving away from that groin kick season of football from last year as we go into the to next season with, with that part of it? Or do you, I mean, I, it, it can't, we can't repeat it. What do we have, you know, nine games, total loss of, of 63 points. We all know yeah. that story. Do you, do you see us climbing out of that hole for the Nebraska football, well, like there's a part of you where you think the where you think the law of averages just kind of has to kick in a little bit at some point. Which I hope they didn't give us back too much the last three basketball games. We don't have any left for football season, to be honest. But that yeah, the Big Ten just I, says, I mean, you know what? You guys take a little probably. football. We'll we'll get the foot. Well, you get a little basketball here, but you're you're not getting football back. Like it's hard to imagine that that would. Um, that that would continue to be the case. And it's weird. You know, it's so weird because morale with the Nebraska football program fan was so low. And then you have this off season and spring football comes and it's like, geez, everybody is, everybody is up. And maybe that happens every year, but like, even it's even to a, like a, a higher level this year. You got, but you know, that's what happens when change happens when you got a, you know, bunch of new staff members, you got a new transfer quarterback, you've got, You've got all of those things at this point. 
I don't know. I am. I have got to quit making predictions on Nebraska football because I don't. I legit don't know. But there's a part of me that thinks if they're close, which they were last year, if they're close, and I don't know why they wouldn't be in that kind of same realm at this point. There's just no way. I mean, last I think last year was truly historically exceptional in terms of the you can say bad luck you can say they didn't come through in the clutch whatever that it is i think it was historically exceptional and so if you're at that level if you're close to that level i don't think you're going to have that situation again but why am i saying that because i'm the one who's always tweeting groin kicks after every game that ever happens in any sport so and they get can they get to that level with the with the new coaches i mean like you said we're we can be we can be overtly excited and we can put it out there that we are ready to go you know, on the inside, we're, you know, I'm sitting here talking to you, but there's, you know, part of me is still just balled up in a fetal position crying, talking about Nebraska football. So can they, can they get there? Yeah, I don't know. There's, uh, I mean, at some point you've got to have an offensive line that is, that is really consistent and better than it's been. That's the first thing that I think of. But then on the other hand, you weigh on the other hand um, and, and you say like, the the linebacker core from last year when you when you talk about Rymers when you talk about Nelson when you talk about and uh, Ty Robinson at defensive end and some of these young guys who sort of felt like throwback players that's incredibly encouraging I don't know what Casey Thompson's gonna be I don't know I don't know why Nebraska hasn't been able ever to have a bell cow running back it like at at any point through this whole thing and do these things that you've got to do in the Big Ten. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's there. I think it's within reach. It's it's clearly within within reach at this point. But um, I I'm I mean, it's a it's a lot about the schedule. Um, it's a lot about how, how healthy these guys are. And I don't know. I'm not ready. I mean, I'd be I'd be a fool. I think to 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 come in and say, yeah, I'm confident this year. This year, everything turns around for them. But I'm also a fan and i'm hopeful that it's going to be well you're we we all know that you're you're the the fan base's barometer for uh success and optimism if there's a uh if there's a uh, driveway or or deck watching football game coming up we know that things are probably going pretty well and it's a and it's a big game so we you, you can't stop doing that stuff no absolutely no we will i'll have them up you guys should come out sometime I'll put one up on the porch, but yeah, I'm optimistic. I, like, I'm optimistic. Hey, you let us know. We'll drive down. We'll be down. We'll, yeah, we'll will, be down. I'll legit let you know. It's it's fun. We'll get the fire pit out if it's cold, and and uh, bring your coolers, and and we'll have a good time out there. Put on the garage. It's unbelievable how good it looks on my uh, on my garage, which I don't even put a screen or anything up there. It's, it's a lot of fun. We do that a lot of a lot, but but yeah, I mean, I think to get to the bottom of your question, I'm. I mean, I, I've got opt. I'm ex- I'm excited for the football season. I'm a- and I wouldn't be excited for the football season if I thought the there was there was not a chance of significant improvement and significant joy. Because what else do you get excited for? So I I am excited. Uh, that possibility is out there enough for me to be. I'll be ready to go. I'll be ready to go for football in August. Awesome, Jack. Uh, we want to thank you for your time. Um, we'll get you out on that. Hopefully we'll uh, we'll have another conversation after a Big Ten basketball championship here in a few days. 
That'd be great. That would be great. Uh, <laughs> hey, I appreciate it. I love uh, I love doing these things. Looking forward to listen to the listen to you guys. And uh, thanks for having me. Look forward to talking again. I'll be glad to do it anytime. Thanks, Jack. We appreciate it. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, Jack. Appreciate it. Recording stop. Members of the congregation, let's raise our Kool-Aid filled glasses and drink to all the things that were, are, and forever will be Nebraska Cornhuskers. Go Big Red.